0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chief Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. I do like that, though. Locked On Chief in the North. I don't know why, you know, probably something about, like, contractually obligated. I don't know why we couldn't change the name of the show when I joined. It's, it's, right, right. It's kind of like you don't think the universe revolves around me, Ryan. I get that impression every now and then.
1: You know, every now and then I'm a pessimist. I don't, I don't always believe everything.
0: Really? It's okay. Well, that's just one of those things. You want, you know, want to know something even better than that? That was so not intentional. I figured. Well, man, Ryan, how we doing tonight, man? Now that I have displayed why you are usually the guy to do the actual professional stuff and I just work here, how's it going?
1: I just work here. I like that. <laughs> I do. You know, it, folks, we're we're recording this the night before the 4th of July, um, and, and I'm having a beer, and I'm pretty relaxed. I, I'm feeling pretty good. It's been uh, an interesting couple of weeks, and I think we have some good topics to talk about tonight.
0: I completely agree. You know, it's interesting. You're having a beer. I never drink, and I'm the one sounding like I'm drunk when I come in. Welcome to Lockdown, Chief of the North, guys. I mean, this is unfortunate. Anyway.
1: It's all about practice.
0: It, wait, wait, the, 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 being a drunkard part or the, the leading in, I can't. Okay. Anyway, yes. no, <laughs> the answer is yes. All right. We do have a couple good things to talk about tonight. And one thing that's kind of been on my mind a little bit lately. And Ryan, I happen to know that, you know, something about this stuff. We talk a lot about, uh, you know, the big three, I guess you'd call them on offense, which is funny. There's so much talent. On the offense, you'd almost call it a big four because you you hate to leave out Mm -hmm. Kareem Hunt. But for the sake of the passing attack, I want to talk about the the, for the sake of the passing attack. I'm not including him in the big three because he's a running back. So the big three Hill, Kelsey and Watkins. Right. We're always talking about them. How are people going to defend all three of them, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I'm curious. What about the other guys? Like, I'm curious what you think, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, with news that Chris Conley sounds like he's doing well. It's going to be, what, his fourth year in the system? I feel...
1: Mm -hmm. Contract year. Yeah,
0: contract year, that as Therese, the goat, always says the contract year is undefeated. (laughs) I've just been thinking a lot about what could we expect from those guys? Like, something in terms of something unexpected. Everyone expects Hill to have a great year. And Watkins to have a great year and Chelsea to have a great year, which never mind the odds of statistically all three having a great year, whatever. What are you expecting from the other guys in terms of what could be opened up for them?
1: Well, I think you nailed it. Like what gets opened up? And that's really, I think it's going to take a couple of weeks. You know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're fast. But we can defend that. We got fast guys, too. And so I think, like, the first couple of weeks, it's going to be like, oh, we're going to try to play our defense. We are who we are. And then all of a sudden, you're going to see some really deep plays, (laughs) especially from from Watkins and Hill. Uh, And I think Kelsey might eat pretty good as well. And then I think you're going to see a shift. Because once the league gets film of of defenses getting beat over the top, I think it's going to force a shift more into that cover, two. I expect a lot of quarters myself. And so that kind of takes away what you can do over the top, and it makes you focus on secondary receivers. And I think that's great because for the first time in quite a while, I feel like the Chiefs receiving core, whether it's tight ends or running backs or or, or wide receivers down the depth chart, they have the options to take advantage of that. When Chris Conley's your third guy and he runs a 4-3-8, at least before the injury, that's a nice thing to have. Very nice thing to have. So I think we've seen, and I know you've talked about Robinson, he's made a lot of progression as well, and I think those guys are the ones in line to be like, all right, t- try to take away the top three. We'll hurt you underneath in, in that
0: 12 to 15-yard range. Right. And that's that, that intermediate zone, what you're talking about, or even shallow zones, that's where you could see guys start to feast. And interestingly enough, Even though Conley has speed, you know, he ran a great 40. He's a really good athlete in shorts. He, on the field, he he doesn't have great quickness is what's kind of been consistent. But, you know, those short and intermediate routes, he's demonstrated the ability to win contested catch situations. And also, and I've got a film review that I need to do on him because I really want to talk about what he brings to the table because I think he does bring something to the table. You know, people talk about letting Albert Wilson walk, right? But Conley, Conley won that job. Prior to the year starting, Mm -hmm. and so he's definitely a guy who could who could feast underneath. He's good with physicality, and I like that. I well,
1: and that's my favorite thing about him. And I have a gif, and I'll I'll give you the game to watch because there are a couple of instances where you see him, especially out of the slot, which is great because he's going to get a lot of reps out of the slot. I think his physicality really comes into it. And Andy's used a big slot before in Jason Avant and Philly, and the short time that he was in Kansas City. I think Christian really, really explode underneath there because he can be physical guys try to jam him. He's too big and he's too strong. He's a willing blocker in the run game. And that really comes over to getting off of the press. I really like what he's going to be able to do in that, you know, three steps and slant. You know, a slugo for for Chris Conley is going to be a big. I route. could
0: definitely I see that. You know, I'm not sure about Robinson. My guy Nate Taylor, the the beat guy at the Athletic, wrote a great article on Robinson. He's got a series he's going to start on underrated guys, and he really likes Robinson. And I like Robinson too in terms of athleticism. I don't know if you have any concerns about Robinson. One for me is he did look like he struggled being on the same page as his quarterbacks, whether it was Mahomes or Smith last year. Did you see that at all?
1: Well, I did and I didn't. There were a couple of times where I saw flashes like, that's a thing the two of them found on their own against Denver. There was a couple of of nice routes that I thought he adjusted uh, against the Titans as well. And obviously that was with Smith, but that's fine. But then you, there's other place where he seems like he's just in the wrong place, and and I agree with you. I like his general athleticism. He's not a burner um, like the other guys. But if you go back to his film in college, a lot of route diversity, a lot of position diversity. He played all three positions in college. He's got the one hand grab kind of thing down, and I, which scares me because I think we're going to see some of that. In yeah, you know. But no, I, I agree. He can be that guy that can can. Work into the nooks and crannies, especially against the zone, which I think they're gonna see. A lot. I
0: could see that. I could definitely see that. It's gonna be an interesting battle between Robinson and Conley. Um, because unless they're planning on running like a like a genuine air raid, it's gonna be a battle for that third and fourth wide receiver. I mean, they're gonna to have to fight for targets. Unless again, they throw it 600 times, which hey, I'm all for. That'd be hilarious and I would enjoy watching it. I really would. I'd get a kick out of that. Well, real quick, I know we got a break that needs to come up, but one last guy that I think could really benefit from that and a position in general is Kareem Hunt. Um, he, he, he's a solid receiver out of the backfield and the Chiefs have signed every receiving running back in existence. I don't think that's a coincidence. How about you? (laughs)
1: No, not at all. I mean, and he's good, but he's not hes not exactly explosive. Uh, he actually, in the passing game, reminds me of Conley. They're both uh, a little bit slower to accelerate. They have long speed, but not quick acceleration. And I like him in the pass game. I think Andy likes him, uh, especially, and we were, we were kind of ruminating about who might make this roster uh, last week, and I think most of the backs that are going to make it have pass-catching abilities, and that's the I reason agree. they're think- going to make it. Um, so whether it's yeah one or the, one yeah. of the others,
0: I think every one of them there. that's going to make it has receiving skills. And again, and we'll 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 cut to the break right after this thought. One guy who is a really talented receiver out of the backfield, Spencer Ware. I he, that's it's one of his strengths. Even though he's like a big back, and people don't think of him that way, he's really talented in that respect. So there really are a lot of guys that could benefit from that. I it, there's just so much. There's so many great things. We you do really, on yeah, we're, we're going to have to do that one of these days. Um, but anyway, we we could salivate over the skill position players another time. But for right now, we need to pay some bills. And then we're going to come back and talk about the other side of the ball.
1: And having the bills paid, I, let's talk about the beef. Because <laughs> I tell you what, I am I am very excited about what they're going to be able to do in terms of interoperability. And that's my big word
0: for the day. That's not a word.
1: Got that from my boss today.
0: Anyway. Um, <laughs> inter hop <laughs> Did but you guffaw God. when he said it? No, Sir, the sad that- part is I didn't skip a beat. This is kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> ah, yep, par for the course. Yep, I've, yeah, I've been there. I've had Over bosses like that. Yep, carry on. <laughs> But the cool
1: part is I like Chris Jones rushing from the outside, and I know you did a piece on him. And yeah, I did. when we gotta talk about Chris, but we gotta talk about what Chris and Breland Speaks in particular do to make this, this defensive front malleable. What did you find with him when you did his, his anatomy of a play?
0: Well, you know what was interesting when I did Chris Jones' Anatomy of a Play, and you know, I did one on the a sack of Derek Carr, he was rushing from the outside, and when I reviewed his film, I saw him rush on the outside on obvious passing downs way more often than I thought I would. Personal opinion, I think Bob Sutton was like, man, our edge rushers suck. Like outside of Houston, (laughs) it was just after Ford got hurt, he was like, God, the cupboard is bare. And, you know, I'll do, look, Frank Zombo is better at rushing a quarterback than I am at literally anything. So, suck is relative to be fair. But at the NFL level, he wasn't doing anything. Um, oh, I am pretty good at making parenthetical asides, but you know what? That's neither here nor there. Anyway, the, the thing that I liked about Jones is he's got the ability to be an edge rusher in a different universe. He could be a 43 D end, like a massively oversized D end. He really right, could.
1: Exactly. I mean, cause what are we talking about? 306 or something like that, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although man, he's, he's so lanky. That, I mean, he's deceptive. I mean, he's 305, 310. I mean, he's a big dude, but he's so... Well, and he did lit. say at minicamp that he dropped like 20 pounds. Yeah, I like it. I like so, it a lot. Right? Yeah, right? And he, oh. he explodes off the edge. And because he can... Most guys his size, the reason they can't be edge rushers, like Aaron Donald's an exception to this, or J.J. Watt, they don't have the... Most people don't have the explosive first step to threaten the edge. So tackles who are quicker can just set up inside. But when Mm they've got to start kick sliding, respecting that edge, guys like Chris Jones, and this is what Jones did over and over and over. He'd take one step to threaten the edge, and he was fast enough to make it a threat. And when the tackle started to kick slide, he'd either long arm or bull rush and just run the guy back to the quarterback every time. And it was a lot of fun to watch. Did you see much of that either? I did I mean
1: and honestly it's it wasn't against the Raiders that I noticed and I know that's the play that you broke down but I I noticed it against the Broncos. Oh yeah. And that young tackle uh Bulls that they have out there. <laughs> now they have J- uh Jason Valdir on the right side so I I think Chris Jones is going to eat both of them
0: alive. I I think he will too. And I think Valdez is a better player but he's not he's not a strong tackle in my opinion. Right. Yeah, he's a good athlete, right? He reminds me a little bit of Fisher. Right, absolutely. And I mean, just Jones is, he's oddly strong. He is, he's, he's stronger than he should be at his size. It's genuinely weird. Like It's like he's just a little bit denser. It's kind of like that same strength that you see when Justin Houston's playing, right? There's just He's just a little bit stronger than he should be. And he's fun to watch, and I think that gives the Chiefs a lot of versatility to move him around, not just Justin Houston, but Chris Jones and find advantageous matchups. I really want to see more of those two on the same side running some kind of... Although here's one disadvantage to them being on the same side, and I did notice this. It, the other side, well, well, yeah, the other side was horrible. But the other thing that I noticed is it limited. Since Jones and Houston are both such great athletes, they are at their best when they can threaten either gap. And when you've mm-hmm. got, you know, they might run into each other. Is the short way of saying it. Now, you're always going to have your rushing lane assignments and stuff, but I like Justin Houston being able to threaten inside or outside, and I like Jones being able to go either direction also. So while I like them being on the same side in theory, in practice, I personally, some of my favorite plays, and that didn't happen enough in my opinion, was Houston from one edge and Jones from the other. Of course, the problem then was the interior rush. There's this
1: huge hole in the yeah, middle. Yeah, it man. just
0: became a thing that didn't exist, and... And that's where maybe, hopefully, Breland Speaks comes in.
1: Well, and before we get to Speaks, I I have one thing that I want to ask you because I noticed not only in that play that you broke down, but also as I watched the end of the season, I I was in attendance at the Denver game, so I had to go back and watch it on film. Um, I was in the middle of a different kind of whole different area of my life during the Titans game. Had to watch that on replay as well. So when I go back and see it, the thing that I noticed is for a guy that coming out of college, and and I was one harping on this, that he had a tendency to play high in terms yep. of his pad level. And what I noticed in both of yep. those games that he was getting leverage underneath pass blockers.
0: And it's you see, definitely he improved. He still isn't where he could be. Like you know, like Raheem Nunez Rochez generally had great pad level. Mm-hmm. There were just other issues there, right? I don't know if Jones will ever have great pad level because you know he's six seven, it's but tough. it did improve for sure. You'd see those times where he'd explode out of his stance underneath someone and driving him backwards. One thing he also does, and actually this is kind of funny, so I was at the children's camp being a counselor, and the the director of the camp played played a little college ball, you know was a pretty good ball player and stuff. And he played on the lines and I was watching Chris Jones. He's like, Oh, that seems like fun. And so, you know, as I was watching it, uh, and we were watching one snap in particular. He was like, Hey, can you rewind that? And so I did. And he's like, man, his pad level is terrible. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know he's like, but, and he goes, but look, he's using it. Cause it was one where he just, where he just rammed the offensive lineman back. He goes, but look, he's using that. He is bending him over backwards and using that height to create leverage. I've never seen someone do that. And so that's something that I started watching for. So he did improve his pad level, but I think that's one reason he gets away with being high sometimes is he can bend people back in a a weird way because he's so tall and his arms are so long. Is that bizarre or am I like crazy like a fox here?
1: No, I'm just glad that he's finding a way at this level to do it because I knew we could do it at college, but honestly, I didn't think that that would be uh, something he could actually accomplish. At the NFL level, but
0: he's proved me wrong. Right, right, and you are right. I saw the same thing, like that his pad level has improved, and also, I mean, you know, really his consistency has improved. He really, I mean, I wrote about this. He really did get a lot better his second year, and I feel terrible that I missed it. The defense was so bad that I missed it.
1: Well, and that's the thing. The some of the parts didn't didn't equal up to allowing him to actually show very right. well what he's doing. So, um, right. It, I know I made you postpone the Breland talk, so let's take a quick second when we come back. We'll talk about what they can do, because I have a couple ideas myself. So your write-up was great on Jones in that particular play, but you mentioned Breland Speaks, and what I like about them together is they seem to be very similar guys. Um, Chris has lost some weight, so it puts him probably a good 10 or 15 pounds heavier than Breland, but Breland's a big guy too, and I love that that interchangeability so that – that hopefully Bob will take advantage of that and get creative
0: and move them around. Sure. Well, Jones can rush from anywhere. You know, he he can rush from all over the line. I mean, he was wide nine a few times. Mm-hmm. He was all over the place. That's fun to watch. It really is, and you can see he seems to enjoy it. Um, Justin Houston's another guy. He can rush from anywhere, but you know, like right over the center. Um. And so there's versatility with those two guys. Well, here's the thing for me with Speaks. He does have a little bit of bend, a little bit, a little bit. But what I I consistently noticed is that I liked him better as a pass rusher from the interior than I did around the edge. It was the exact opposite of Passanio, right? Because <laughs> like Passanio, everyone was like, "Oh, an interior rusher." I was like, "Nah, that dude can't do anything except rush from the edge." Passanio was not good on the interior, in my opinion, in college. But he looked you impressive have got on the to edge. Get out of my head. I would put Breland at the three technique
1: in the four man front
0: even at the expense of moving if you move Jones outside now at the on the same time you could actually have him and Jones play next to each other now that okay look I know we're not like super crazy about Ford but he, he's an okay pass rusher he's streaky if he's healthy he's fine there's nothing wrong with D Ford if he's healthy right if he's not healthy, if he's not healthy, he's he he struggles. You have games like the Eagles game. Although I don't think that was a health issue. I think that was a great tackles versus a guy who's a a, a fine pass rusher, not like a great one. Well, yeah,
1: but he ended up with six pressures in that game. Like I, I take that game. I, I know he, he didn't quite like, you know, be as productive as you want, but I saw that as a game where D Ford actually like persevered and pushed through that fact that he was playing a, a good opponent. Uh, if he could have stayed healthy, I think the the bookends m- might have actually, you know, made some hay. I think he can be a ten sack guy again. Is the, is the basis?
0: I think he could be. You and me might have to agree to disagree about the Philly game. I charted him as having like it was like eight percent win percentage that game and like sixty percent loss. I thought he got eaten alive. I really did. Okay. Um. Now he did have a few pressures for sure. But I, that game, I thought it was rough, which, hey, we were bound to disagree. And, of course, Chris isn't here. <laughs> I know, right? He should be jumping up and down somewhere.
1: Yeah. Hey, it <laughs> it was is his heat. birthday, folks, so we let oh, him off for the night.
0: Yes, happy birthday to Chris. You know, he's 61 now or however old he is. I'm just going to make that up. It <laughs> no. makes for a better story. Um, but I do think speaks what's interesting with him, and I think I've heard you allude to this, and I've talked to a few people about this, and I think it was you who I first heard say this, and I really liked it. He's better after contact. Like, he's, when he's got his hands on an offensive lineman, he's got those heavy hands, that kind of weird strength that he'll kind of just move towards the quarterback, and it just works. And I know that is not professional level analysis, but that's what it is. No, but,
1: but, but it 's a descriptive uh, objective opinion on what he does right i 'm really excited for him to work with Master Kim because I think once he gets refinement in those violent hands where he can actually direct his energy in, in a constructive way to to create balance, move one shoulder of the uh, of the blocker and get around him I think he 's going to get home quite often
0: and I think he could he really i, I see i don 't see him as an addresser i don 't see a ton of bursts there. Like, he moves around decently for a guy his size, but he's not, like, a freak athlete like Passanio is.
1: You know, let's take one more second, and then we'll talk about how to align all these guys.
0: You know, Passanio, I'm telling you, if if things work out, like, perfectly, right, the Chiefs four-man rushing, in my opinion, if, like, everything works out just as I would envision, would be from one end to the other, Houston... Speaks, Jones, Passigno. That's your perfect world there because that means Passigno beat out Ford, which would be, you know, you it's the whole you must be at least this tall to ride the roller coaster. It means that he proved mm-hmm. himself a competent pass rusher. And that's also well, – Well, and what's the difference? All those guys are 275 or bigger. Yes, and that's – that's it. That's – it you now have a four-man front who jones really improved against the run last year he is not easy to run against speaks is good against the run i was impressed with his run defense mm-hmm. um passing he's got some work to do but i i mean he's certainly strong um you know he just he really is passing is one of those weird athletes that like you know he makes other freakish athletes look not like freakish athletes.
1: Um, well, here's here's what I want to see. I want to see those four, but with, with Tano and, and Chris Jones on the outside.
0: That'd be fun, too.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine Houston over the guard
0: and speak somewhere in the sea gap? I, I think that's going to be fun. I think that could be a whole lot of fun. There's a lot of hope in that and they need to figure out something with the pass rush I was actually just on a a Broncos podcast with some real decent guys even though they're Broncos fans and they asked me what my biggest concern was and even though the corner situation has me a little worried and the safety situation has me a little worried I for me it really is about the pass rush and there's there's reasons to be optimistic but there's reasons to be spooked too and I think what you're describing yeah. That would be that would be a huge development for the defense because if the offense is what we're hoping it will be, it's going to put up a lot of points. And what you need in that situation isn't necessarily a great defense, but you need one that can get after quarterbacks. It's kind of like all those uh, Peyton Manning teams for the Colts all those years, right? They weren't very yeah, good against but... the run, but... They could they rush
1: him good period on defense. Yeah, they
0: weren't very good period. But Freeney or Mathis or whoever they had, right, they could rush the passer. And if you've yes. got an offense that can put up points quickly, having guys that can get after quarterbacks, because then you know you turn it into a shootout, and suddenly you're playing to your defense's strengths. So that's the hope, I think. And I, I'm hoping Speaks is part of that problem. And I think he'd be more or part of the solution, huh? part of the problem. But and I think, yeah, I'm telling you, me no Speaky good today. Uh, I think he would be more part of the solution on the interior for sure. Like you said, we got to get out of each other's heads, man. I, I'm, It's about time we disagreed on something with Ford, though. I
1: know, right? We need Chris Beck to keep us on our toes. <laughs>
0: Otherwise, we're just to be. Like, hey, you're awesome. I agree with you completely. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a great thought. Here's this one. Wow, that's a greater thought. <laughs> and then you know, eventually, it just you know, it's just too much complimenting people. People don't want to listen to that. They want to listen to people yell about people being on crack and that kind of stuff. At least based on what I've seen on like Undisputed and you know First Take and things like that.
1: Right. I am, don't call me Skip. I'm just saying. <laughs> well with that folks we hope you enjoyed your holiday welcome back to the show uh we will have a, another position preview for you tomorrow and we will be back next week hey the countdown is on camp is coming so get ready uh i'm gonna be at camp at least one weekend Seth, you plan on making it down there
0: i do plan on making it down there at least one weekend I'm hoping that it's the first one where the whole team is there. I'm kind of looking into things right now.
1: Perfect. Well, folks, we will let you know. Thank you for listening today and check back with us tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.